Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. We waited to record on this Monday, February 28th night because tonight at midnight is the deadline for at least what the MLB owners said will be the, if there is no deal done by midnight, there will be opening day games canceled and perhaps many more. And the two sides have been talking all morning and all afternoon and now well into the evening. And we are maybe closer, we have no idea, they could just be a talking to talk. We have no idea, but I will be giving updates on that. Um, but we're going to try to keep this part short. I'm just going to give, well, I'm going to send it to LJ to give his general thoughts. There's not much more to really say on that front. And then um, I will go over what the new proposals are. Screw them. Screw the MLB. Screw the Players Association. I'm done. Okay, well, one of the owner's most recent offers, uh, this news came out at 8.40 p.m., is that there will be a 35% tax on the first $20 million above the base collective bargaining tax threshold, 47% on their next $20 million spent, and 80% on all dollars more than 40 million above the base marker. That is much uh, reduced asking from the MLB as they previously proposed 45% on the first threshold, 62 on the second threshold and 95 for the highest tier. So they are being a bit more lenient with the luxury tax threshold and how teams will be punished if they go over the luxury tax. Uh, believe they are also closer um, on a minimum salary along with the pre-arbitration bonus pool that we've been talking about the last few weeks, but still nothing concrete yet. 
Yeah, to touch on real quick, the whole luxury tax, 30, 35%, you said? 35% on the first 20 million above the, the threshold, 47% on the next 20 million, and then 80% for the, for the rest. Either way, I, I, I just want to stop you at 35% because that's just comical. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of these luxury tax things anyways, because if a team wants to invest in part, they should be allowed to invest. If you're wanting, if you're wanting to control spending, then just go ahead and put in a hard salary cap. Honestly, now this is just me speaking purely theoretical and we won't do get too much into this. I almost feel at this point, the MLB would be served most by a promotion relegation system out of anyone. If they just let everyone spend as much or as little as they want, I feel like that's almost the only way to actually get spending right anymore. Because you've got teams like Tampa who are pushing for these luxury tax things so they can stay competitive without actually spending. I mean, Brandon, you have to, you have to think that's where the bulk of the asking for these massive amounts of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, luxury tax percentages, luxury tax tax hits are all coming from these smaller market teams that don't actually want to spend. And that's, that's not right for anybody. It certainly isn't coming from the Bostons, the Chicago's, the New York's who are constantly having to play chicken with this line because the rates are so high. Well, no. And like the whole point of the salary cap and the luxury tax is to make it so that at least for the luxury tax, so that the poorer teams can get some money from the richer teams. That's that's what they're getting taxed on. And but if you're not just, willing to invest it, why have it? Exactly, exactly. Like why, why do, do we even? And LJ, it's it's even worse because the owners they want so much less of a threshold they want the threshold to be so much smaller the owners they they don't want to spend money at all and like you could use real like i'm an economics major i'm a finance major at college so i'm like talking about stuff like this when you look at the inflation rate for the next few years if sports salary caps and like luxury tax don't increase by a lot players are going to be making less than they have in years when you adjust it for inflation, which when you look at the amount of revenue that the teams are bringing in year after year, it is well above the inflation rate. And it's just not fair for the players. How can the owners and these teams keep making way more money, but it's just not getting invested into them. The owners clearly, this is how it's in, and this is a problem in the MLB. The owners clearly just don't care about winning anymore they care about being able to make money and owning a sports franchise will do exactly that for you absolutely i think it's also you got to put some responsibility on the players association no absolutely because and this isn't yeah this this is a separate talking point from my usual spiel on the labor negotiations where i put most of this on the players but this is mostly on the league but they're also entitled to try to make the best deal for themselves as possible. The fact that again, they've the players association has allowed themselves to get backed so far into this corner to the point where this is a very real possibility 
that the wages are worse than they have and have been in years. This comes after years of them getting them letting the league push them around on the on those things like the minimum like the luxury tax increase. So it's all built on one top on top of another if they don't put their foot down here I almost can't feel bad for them because it's not it's not the league's fault for trying to make the best deal for them the players have to be able to recognize that and combat it well let's move on to the next big um, MLB topic of the day and that is that the Miami Marlins CEO Derek Jeter steps down, leaves the Marlins organization. Uh, he said, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase his statement here. He said, we had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins franchise around. And as CEO, I have been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan a reality. Through hard work, trust, and accountability, we transformed every aspect of the franchise, reshaping the workforce and developing a long-term strategic plan for success. That said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins. LJ, do we think that there is any way Derek Jeter maybe sees what's going on in the CBA negotiations and realizes that maybe the players do get bossed around by these owners and they do uh, get the short end of the stick every CBA. And he had it with Bruce Sherman, who is the, who's the Marlins, a principal owner. Is there any chance that happened? It's very bold to assume that Derek Jeter is this man of the people. Like I'm not trying to rip him or anything on this. That's not what I would rip him for. But at the same time, he is an owner. He was all as much as he wanted to be competitive. He was also looking after his own investment. So I don't think necessarily it's a matter of how the players are being treated. I think what this came down to is that Derek Jeter is a winner and he wants to win. He wants to be successful in every facet of the word. And what I mean by that is if you own a sports team, being successful means both making money and having it be a good investment, but it also means winning games and winning championships, winning division titles. And that's really what he wanted. If I'm seeing correctly here, a source has claimed that one of the primary things to finally make him back out was that there was, he had went into the lockout with an understanding that he would have another 10 to $15 million to spend once the uh, market opened back up. That plan was then reversed on him by Sherman. Mm. So it seems more about money than it does, money in terms of competition than it does anything else. Derek Jeter wants to put a winning product out in the field. And frankly, he's worked so hard to get this roster into a situation where they could legitimately be competitive in, in a year or two. He has worked hard to get to this point and it's really sad to see the rest of that organization kind of turn their back on the vision that they had planned out with him for years. You're absolutely right. And um, that is interesting. I did not hear about that with the extra $15 million. So uh, 
yeah, something definitely to keep track of, see where Jeter ends up next. But LJ, you want to talk about some positive stuff, some good stuff? Why not? LJ, you already got me down in the dumps. So wait, actually, no, I've got two more things on the Jeter thing that I almost forgot about. First off, um, I, I have been really irritated by Twitter today. They have set me off. And I know I should, I know I'm better than this, but for all of the people out there that are comically talking about how Derek Jeter traded the Yankees, Mike Stanton, and then dipped, what the hell are you doing with an internet account? Brandon, you, you've seen these tweets too today, right? Actually, my college roommate said, Jeter just sent you guys Stanton for absolutely nothing and then just dipped. That's exactly okay. what he said to me. He's a moron. He's a Red Sox fan. He is a freaking moron. He's a Red Sox fan. I don't care. He is a moron. Let's look, let's look through the facts. First off, under what circumstances now we are what four or five years out? Like four and a half? Yeah. Four and a half years away, out from that trade. You this isn't just trading him and dipping. That is not that 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 time frame does not make sense. Why would you be playing this long game and you make you you make your principal move in the first 30 days? You know? Yeah. That, that first mate doesn't make sense. But second, in so many ways, again, if this season hadn't worked out for the Yankees, if he, he definitely had a really good season this year, but there was a point in time during this season I remember where it was pretty well agreed. Not only did the Marlins win that trade by getting out from under the Stanton contract, but that the Stanton contract was hampering the Yankees and their future plans because of its size, because of its length, that it was going to be a problem and that that contract still is impossible to move if they want to. I, I fully feel no one is trading for Mike Stanton under the current terms of his contract. So by no means did the Yankees fleece them. By no means are the Yankees in this like perfect situation. And this isn't me taking away from Stanton here. I'm just stating the facts that they act like the Yankees have had no bad issues from this whatsoever. And that this was the greatest thing that could ever happen to the franchise, but it's not, it was a good trade on both sides. I agree with that. Um, Also, I had heard, and I was a little confused, people were joking about and uh, suggesting that Derek Jeter might be stepping back out into the field to play his position for the Yankees. But Brandon, I didn't hear anything about DJ LeMahieu leaving the Yankees. All right, on to college baseball. (laughs) Right? That makes no sense. I mean, where where else would he play other than second base? LJ, I don't know if you've seen, but... Last week, we talked about Tommy Tanks of North Carolina State. I believe he had five home runs in his first three career games. Well, he ended up this past week playing quite a few more games, and he now has nine home runs in his first eight career college games. Now, also something we brought up last week, This guy was not drafted in the 2021 draft. Nine home runs 
and 23 RBIs, I think, is what it is. Um, hold on, I've got individual stats up. Yeah, what is the RBI count at right now? Hold on. All right, first off, this um, NCAA site is really weird the way it labels their statistics. The RBI count is at 29 home runs in eight games. 29 RBIs, nine home runs in eight games. He's 20 for 34 at the plate. Brandon, you also have to add in 20 for 34. That's a top 10 batting average in the NCAA. That's second on his team. That's second on <laughs> NC State. NC State, I guess, this year. I mean. <sighs> With that being said, U Albany. Yeah. Brad Malm. Eight home runs in seven games, second in NCAA. NC State has not lost yet this year. They're eight and oh. Let's um LJ, prior to getting into the top 25 and the teams that have jumped out this past week, um, do you want to talk about this kid on Ole Miss? You mean the kid on the Padres? No. I'm 90% sure he's already on the Padres, Brandon. I don't know what you're talking about here. LJ, this player for Ole Miss, who is also a defensive tackle for the football team, hit a walk-off home run the other day in their game. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. This guy is a two-sport athlete. His name is Taiwan Malone, also known as Tommy Tanks or Tommy Tank, or I believe they're they both have the nickname Tank. I think he's Ty Tanks, Taiwan Malone, Ty Tanks. He's a defensive tackle, 6'4, 300 pounds, and he hit a walk off home run. Jeez, don't you love? Only, only in sports. What is, what is that commercial? The ESPN ones. This is, or this is ESPN. This is Sports Center. No, 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 no. When they're like, only like they talk about this miraculous thing. Like, this man's been cured from polio. He is, he is now running an NBA offense as the point guard. He's averaging fourteen assists a game. Only in sports. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that, it's definitely a thing. I'm telling you. I mean, not, not that situation I just created, but the thing. I'm not crazy, I swear. Promise. Well, speaking of Ole Miss, they rank number two in the country. They are 6-0, and oh, sitting behind number one in the country, Texas, who is 8-0. Oh. Behind them, we have Arkansas, who is number three, they lost uh, one game to Illinois State and another to Stanford uh, this past weekend. So big matchup there. And then Oklahoma State is four. They're also four and two. Uh, they dropped one game to Vanderbilt in what was a huge series, number four versus number five in the country. Uh, so we're already starting to see that. Uh, some there's some really big matchups early in the season, at least for college baseball. A lot of SEC schools uh, will be in 
will be uh, dominating the rankings. We, you know, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, that's three of the top five right there. You also see LSU, Mississippi State. Those teams are in the top 10. So the SEC schools certainly have a stronghold on the baseball scene, but it is Texas who is still number one in the country. They go five and oh last week. Uh, LJ, you have any other insight on, you know, things that we should be looking out for here on the season or just, um, you know, different, different things that you can uh, at least you. Yeah. What, what can you, what can you tell us? Uh, Brandon, I got a little confused there because I was kind of just instantly assuming we were going to a different story. Other than the old Miss one, that's why I kind of screwed that up. Do we want to talk about this kid out of Wake Forest, the pitcher? That we were Is this the about? kid who was throwing like 103 during the game? There... This is the kid who looks like very the doppelganger. Oh, yes, the Mike Clevenger doppelganger. Yes, LJ, take it away. Well, basically at this point, there is a guy currently playing for Wake Forest by the name of Rhett Louder that looks – almost identical at least from behind definitely from behind like mike clevenger got the hair got the body type everything frankly if it weren't for a couple minor changes to his delivery i could easily be convinced it was mike clevenger like that's how uncanny this is and who knows maybe mike clevenger might be playing with something just saying here you know, I was thinking the same thing because Mike Clevenger, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery, right? Or some kind of big surgery. Yes, Tommy John. He could use something to rehab. And LJ, this guy and Mike Clevenger both have that weird, like, herky-jerky motion in their windup. It, it, it looks yeah, again, a little... There's, there's, too- just, there's very minute details in the base, and then the arm slot's a little more... Um, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but the arm slot for Clevenger is like 10 degrees, five degrees lower than for louder. That's the difference that I'm seeing here. It's very minute. So it very easily could be a tweak that he's made to help his game. Absolutely. Well, um... also Huskies are five and one wolf. I'm wolf. All right, should we get in to our top 10 relief pitchers? Absolutely, you can. Okay, so this list that LJ and I compiled, we both put our top 10s in and then we combined them using the MVP scoring system. We ended up with a total of 14 names and we will start from number 14 a guy that I had at number 10 on my list, LJ had unranked, is Aaron Bummer. Now, prior to getting into any of this, I just want to say this list, incredibly hard to make. There's so many relief pitchers that fill so many different roles well that it is so hard to come up with a list of 10 guys. Uh, and I was surprised actually how similar our lists were. Um, but wait till we get into some of the guys that we didn't really uh, or that aren't on the list, but just guys that you wouldn't even think of that could potentially be on here. But I'm going to start off with Aaron Bummer of the Chicago White Sox. 
look, I threw him at 10 on my list just because he's had a really good last two seasons. 2021, he really stepped it up. The big thing I look for with relief pitchers is your FIP. How well do you control the balls that are not put in play? He does a very good job. He's a high strikeout, pretty uh, also kind of a high walk guy at the same time, but he gets enough strikeouts and doesn't really allow that many hits that he does a solid job at that. And as a lefty, he does a phenomenal job maintaining that sixth, seventh inning role for the White Sox. I threw him at number 10 just because he's had some really, really good stats the last two seasons, but was definitely an oddball pick for sure. But I thought that he was uh, that he should be on there. Yeah, I did also just check to the this is the most players that we have had on any list here that we're going to be running through. Um, coming up next, I had him at nine. Brandon had him unranked. Jordan Romano of the Toronto Blue Jays. Look, this guy, this is one of the guys, honestly, I had to put him in here just because the sample was big enough and also the major innings were enough for me to feel comfortable in here. But there are very few young guys that I really wanted to put in here just because there are so many good relievers. And to be able to do it or show it after you've already been in the league for a minute or two, that goes a long way for me. Jordan Romano here, we're talking um, after his first after his first 15 innings, 2019 didn't go so well. He then puts up 14 and then 63 this year in those two seasons, has a 197 ERA with a 315 FIP, 12.3 strikeouts per nine and 25 saves over that stretch. This is a really really promising stretch for a player who's really kind of just arriving. All right. Coming in at number 12 on our combined list, I am at number eight. LJ had him unranked. It is Nick Anderson of the Tampa Bay Rays. Now he only pitched six innings in 2021 due to injury. However, in the 2020 season, he was one of he had arguably the best season out of any relief pitcher, maybe a Devin Williams in 2020 had him beat. But uh, look, the last time we saw this guy pitch, he was just mowing down hitters uh, and could really be used in that high leverage role. Uh, and I was really, really impressed with what I saw out of him in 2020. Of course, he's known as the guy that also replaced Blake Snell and blows the game in the World Series. But this guy to me is super underrated, I think. And no one's really thinking about him. But look, he's a he's a guy on the Rays bullpen. We know how good they make no names uh, pitch, especially someone like him. Uh, and it was tough to figure out where to put him, kind of similar to Trevor Bauer last uh, for last week's list, but I think eight is a solid spot for him, and I could really see him having another huge year. He absolutely could. Again, just need to see it. Another real point of concern for me with him, um, the amount, the percentage of his earned runs that have come from the home run, that yeah. come from the long ball, is not something ideal, especially when we're talking about the best of the best here. 
Brandon, I don't think you looked at it this way, but for me, I really valued guys with closing experience. Mm. And that's not to say I didn't consider other guys. There were a lot of guys that I was kind of heartbroken to not be able to get into this 10, which we'll talk about later, that had fantastic years and everything. But when it comes down to it, it means more when you're a closer. At least it means more to me because... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yes, you're going to get high leverage situations, but no matter what, the closer is always going to have the most high leverage situations on the team. And so when you've got these guys that have been going into these higher leverages and still performing year after year, that shows me a little extra compared to some other really good relievers. So I didn't rule anyone out. I didn't only go for closers, but I quickly realized that was all the people I was going with because of it. Uh, Anyway, next up, we are now going into the tied for tens. I will start. Because basically, we I believe we both had we both had this person seven and not ranked. So I have Blake Trinan ranked here. Look, I'm very comfortable with Blake Trinan as a pitcher. He had fantastic, certainly a fantastic time in Oakland. Really started to come back into form here with the Dodgers over those, especially this last season. Look, this guy's probably going to close for the Dodgers next year, and he is going to make a very nice time of that. Mark my words. Blake Trinan, a guy that I had probably um, 14th or 15th on my on my um, list, certainly a guy that I had a lot of consideration for. Um, has some really nasty pitches, and you know that he's going to be extremely durable. I mean, LJ, 25 innings in the shortened season. Mm. For a reliever, that is – that's a lot. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a workhorse. He's – very solid, and there's I don't uh, disagree with you putting him there whatsoever. The guy I put at my number seven and LJ had unranked was Taylor Rogers uh, of the Minnesota Twins. This is another lefty late inning guy who made the All Star game in 2021. And don't let the ERA fool you as much. This guy strikes out a lot of batters. And the walks is what's amazing to me. LJ, in his past three seasons, he's thrown 130 innings, 23 walks over that span. Uh, That's only about, that's still less than two walks per nine. Very, very good command. Uh, And 
way more than one strikeout per inning. He's got a case per nine at about 12. So uh, Taylor Rogers, a guy to look out for super good for fantasy baseball. If you play that and um, yeah, really impressed by what he's done year after year for the twins, just a big inning guy, just like trying. All right. Well, next um, we've got a guy who made it onto both lists. I had him ranked eighth. Brendan had him ranked nine. Aroldis Chapman uh, really doesn't need that much of an introduction. He has been one of the staples as a closer for the last decade, certainly reamed out constant great seasons for the better part of his career. Honestly, if you had put me into this situation last year where I was asked to pick relievers, he would have been much higher on this list. The Aurelius Chapman I saw last year, certainly a great pitcher, not nearly what he was. And it just seems, it seems to me, unless he can really reinvent himself soon, he is trending in a very bad direction towards being able to have any more longevity to his career. He started off the 2021 season. Uh, his Through his first 18 innings, he had not allowed a single earned run. He struck out 36 batters in that time. I mean, that's literally two strikeouts per inning for 14 appearances to start the, to start the year. It's an unbelievable stretch for sure. And he was robbed of April reliever of the month by Matt Barnes, unfortunately. Um, But, but, you know, I do think you are right. Chapman did run into a lot of issues around the all-star break. Um, He he did get selected to the all-star game. Of course, he ended the year with 30 saves. um, If you care about saves, but he's still an effective pitcher late in the game. Sure, he isn't going to be anything that he used to be where he's pumping 100, 500, 6 miles an hour. But he's got three pitches now that all that are all um, pretty good. And I trust him to get outs late in games um, more often than not. Again, there, there are a lot of guys that didn't even make this list that I would absolutely love to have in the late innings as well. Mm-hmm. And for sure. Chapman is no exception to that. I don't know. I just, for me, and it's not to say that he's not somebody to be feared. The fear factor is maybe half of what it is. Like it is, he's not somebody you look forward to, but he just doesn't have that same eye test catch as he used to. Not the same as some of these guys higher on this list. All right. Also tied for eighth. I had him ranked at number six. LJ had him unranked, and it is Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. LJ, surprised to, to see you not rank him um, as, I mean, his first, I mean, he. I kind of think the sample size is there with, with Devin Williams, pitched 94 innings throughout his career, ERA plus of 211. The FIP is very good at 255. This guy won the rookie of the year in 2020 after having an, an just a crazy year. And I thought that the second half of his season in 2021 was extremely impressive. Uh, this is a guy who uh, just, especially in August, really put the team on his back. I mean, for the entire month of August, he made 14 appearances to not allow a single earned run, 22 strikeouts to three walks. 
Uh, this guy is one of the best young relievers in the game. Uh, he's got another guy on his team we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but I think this guy has potential to maybe be a top five relief pitcher um, at the start of next year. I think he's super, super good. He odds are will be in my top 10 next year. But again, I don't know. I think it's a matter of, yeah, late innings experience kind of had a lot of pull for me. Um, I don't know. I might have also been a little irritated by some of his second half antics as well. But this Yeah, we can't forget about that. This guy is certainly he, – he is a premium talent. If you were asking me who I wanted at the end of the game, realistically, I know we're not ranking closers, but if we're ranking the best relievers, you should be expecting them to be able to perform late in games. If you were asking me who I want in the ninth inning, I would have trouble picking him over most of these guys in this list ever at this point in time. Give me a little more, and yeah, I'm probably there. Like, realistically, again, these, these first four could easily be taken. You could easily talk me out of them. These first four guys on my list. LJ, this next guy, I believe uh, just you have on your list. Yeah, again, I test went a lot into Will Smith. I ended up ranking him. Where did I have him? Five? Yes. Yes. I ranked him fifth. Um, certainly fantastic. Um, fantastic postseason, but postseason isn't everything that matters. Overall, I look at Will Smith and I see a guy who has been a solid a very very good reliever for a while hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunities to get saves until later on in his career um really the last four years and i think he's really taking off with it i have very high hopes for will smith in the next couple years especially after this huge confidence boost with the braves yeah i mean very high on him was the closer for the World Series winning team, did shut the door uh, quite a few times in the postseason. Uh, he certainly is a very good pitcher and has the innings to back it up. I just couldn't find room for him on my list, but um, did finish the most games out of anyone in 2021 with 60. So that is an interesting and 37 stat. saves isn't anything to scoff at. No. I mean, at 34. Uh... A three four four ERA. That's very few blown saves as well. Especially after he kind of had a rough twenty twenty to be able to slide back into that uh, the the closer role after not being that in twenty twenty uh, was really impressive as well. All right, next up we have Craig Kimbrell at number six. I had him unranked. LJ ranked him number three. Um. I'm going to, I guess I'll give my Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, because first. I was going to, I was going to ask you, because really it's a matter of why didn't you rank him? Why? So why didn't I rank Craig Kimbrell? Well, um, since 2019 is he really has not been the best pitcher to be honest. And I know in 2019 he was hurt and didn't have a big sample size, but still those 20 innings with the Cubs are very bad. The 15 innings with the Cubs in 2020 are very bad. And I don't know, like he has such a good start to the season with the Cubs in 2021. And then he goes to the White Sox and 
you know, we're all thinking that the White Sox have just made a crazy move. Now they got Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks at the back of their bullpen. You know, we're thinking that they have this super bullpen created and it just never turned out to beat that. Craig Kimbrell was extremely underwhelming throughout the entire time he was on the White Sox. Most importantly, in the postseason, uh, that series against the Astros, those three appearances he made, uh, he did not look good. So I it, it might be a little bit of recency bias, but I mean, the last three years, there's not been a lot to like out of Craig Kimbrell other than the first half of the 2021 season. I honestly can excuse just about all of this. I don't think there's bias in this. First off, let's mind ourselves, 35 innings between 2019 and 2020. And part of that, part of that's injury. Part of that was also holding out for contract purposes. And so he wasn't really getting the full work and the work up build up into the season when he kind of got thrust into the fire, him and Charlie Morton kind of, was it Charlie Morton that held out, went to Atlanta? Yes. Um, I think they were both in a very similar boat, and they both really struggled when they came out the gate. So for me, this is a lot of an issue of sample size and the volatility that we've always talked about on the show of relievers. When relievers get changed, change situations, a lot of things can go wrong. And their numbers make that even look, look even worse when you change teams and all of a sudden you have a five ERA because you only got a certain amount of time there. I still think he's got it in him. I really do. You look at, you look at him, you look at the rest of his numbers past then. And he is one of the best closers that we've ever seen. We have seen me and Brandon and I, one of the best in the game. Also one of, one of the, last two remaining Rolades relievers of the year in active major leagues. So I'm just going to leave that there for you, Brandon. Um, overall, yeah, great player. I, I, I'm really high on him. It's just a matter of getting comfortable with the White Sox and getting comfortable with the role. There's so much mental about closing. All right. Coming in at number five, it is Ryan Presley, of the Houston Astros. He ranked number three on my list and number 10 on LJ's list. And um, here's what I have to say about uh, Ryan Presley is that since this guy came into the league with the twins back in 2013 and then moved to the Astros in 2018, he's been one of the most consistent relievers in the league Huge sample size to back it up. I mean, 480 innings pitched, which is a lot for, for a pitcher who's only th thrown nine innings um, like him coming out of the bullpen. And he really hasn't had a bad season. Uh, he's finally getting recognized for it. The last two years that there was an all-star game, he was selected 2019 and 2021. Um, is just such a big part of this Astros bullpen and this Astros team that has made the ALCS uh, five years in a row. And, you know, it, it just, when, when I see this guy come out of the bullpen, whether it's for whatever role, whether he's closing that day, whether it's um, him doing eighth inning work, it, I'm, I feel confident uh, in the Astros in their move that they made. 
does a re really good job of not walking batters, keeps the ball on the ground, um, to me is a very elite a bullpen piece. Brandon, I ended up putting him 10 because I realized you were right, but I wasn't willing to completely reorder my list. Admittedly, I didn't have him in this at first. It was an oversight, but at the same time, I firmly believe forgettability is a sin. Are you everything that you need to be or everything that you claim to be if you are not memorable, if your game is not memorable? That's, I know it's kind of an eye testy thing. A lot of people don't like that. But if I were, if I am able to glance over him, then at any time, whether I was right to or wrong to, then that doesn't overall make me feel great about his game overall. Fantastic player. Again, all of these are fantastic players. I just, he what he certainly he doesn't show five top five stuff for me. I think a big thing with him is that he's not always in the closers role. It's been Asuna for the Astros, which is what makes a big difference. But something interesting I found with with Presley, 31 career postseason games, and he's never taken a loss in the postseason. Uh I think that, that that says a lot, at least for a relief pitcher who's not a closer. All right. Where are we next? Uh, Rossiel Iglesias, Brandon, we both, did we rank him even or? Yes. Um, we both had him, or I had him at number five. You had him at number six. Uh, LJ, what do you like about this guy? Just consistency. I mean, overall, yeah. like this is a guy who, yeah, he has been he has been a really good closer, a really good reliever. Um, one of honestly, am I? Yes, I'm fair to say he is the bright spot of the Angels pitching staff from last year. There feels no doubt. There it feels like there's no doubt about that. Also, props to him, really being the next good closer for the Reds after Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> It's not easy to replace guys, and he comes in there, get a lot of respect for that. Overall, he's just – he's developed into a shutdown guy, and as you've been liking to say, mention, um, and you're right to durability, consistency, he has one, two, three, three, four, seventy 70 inning seasons as a reliever. Yeah, it's it's really impressive um, what this guy has done. And, you know, he's on the Angels. He signed that big deal in the offseason, LJ. Let's not forget, I mean, there, he did sign a deal prior to the lockout, four years, $58 million to stay with the Los Angeles Angels. Great signing, in my opinion. Sure, it's a lot of money for a relief pitcher, but you don't find – consistency like this very often no and this is a guy who got Cy Young votes in 2021 also so just keep that in mind all right the top three uh LJ and I can both agree these are the elite of the elite and at number three we have Emmanuel Classe of the Cleveland Guardians he debuted in 2019 with the Texas Rangers only through 23 innings, 
did not pitch in 2021 or in 2020 goes to the guardians in 2021 and just puts up an unbelievable season uh finishes with 69 and two-thirds innings nice with a 1.29 era only allows two home runs the whole year strikes out 74 batters and LJ, some of this, some of this guy's pitches. He's got like a hundred one. He's got a hundred one mile an hour cutter. This is one of the best pitchers in the league. It was so easy to tell. He's only twenty three years old. This guy's just electric. This guy's stuff is phenomenal. Again, if a if a reliever is was using Spider Tech and was struggling after Spider Tech, you could tell. Like reliever ERA is a very fickle, fickle fiend. So he really, to be able to get the movement on those pitches that he does clean and be able to do what he does again in this era, uh, two home runs, that's a 0.3 home runs per nine on the season. This guy is a bona fide star. Honestly, if it weren't for some of the, other peripherals for the guy at number one, I would say he is bound for that spot. But again, seeing who is there, I don't think I could ever, I could give that up anytime soon. All right. Coming in at number two, we've got Liam Hendricks, LJ and I both ranked him at number two on our list. Liam Hendricks is a guy who is, on a big contract with the White Sox that he signed prior to the 2021 season and has shown that if you are good enough at being a closer, you you can consistently get Cy Young and MVP votes, which I never really thought like could have happened. Um, But the strikeout rate for this guy is unbelievable. The walks, LJ, 113 strikeouts to seven walks in 71 innings this year. It's just, it's, it's just crazy to have that many strikeouts and to just not be walking anyone. Again, this is a guy you're talking about consistency, consistently being able to be good throughout his career. And I talk about this, we've talked about this before. It's not like he had the best start to his career. His mid-20s weren't all of that spectacular in terms of numbers. Honestly, parts of it weren't good as far as numbers go. But at the end of the day, the guy finds a way, he works it out. I'm expecting a big 30s from Liam Hendricks as he makes it over that hump and figures reestablishes his game into what we see today, what we've seen for these last couple of years where he's a sub two mid twos ERA type closer. That's fantastic. If, if he can keep this up, he is going to be up near the top of this list for a while. He certainly is. And at the top of this list, before we get there, do we want to talk about the guys that we were saying we were going to talk about that? didn't? Yes. Um, um I legitimately had a group of, I'd say probably four guys that really broke my heart to not get onto this list. Um, Those were, of course, Devin Williams, who did get onto Brandon's, thankfully. 
But also, I really wanted to see in here Garrett Whitlock of the Boston Red Sox, Johnny Lasagna of the New York Yankees, and Michael Kopech of the Chicago Chicago White Sox. All three, all three of all four of them, fully, they, they did everything they could to earn a spot on this top ten. Uh, yeah, LJ, I had quite a few guys that I also wish that could have made my list. Um, some of the names include James Karinchak, Jonathan Loisega of the New York Yankees. Uh, Edwin Diaz was an interesting one. Don't, you know, if you would have asked me last year, if I was putting him on the top 10 uh, for 2021, I would have said absolutely. Um, a few other guys of note that did not make my list. Matt Barnes certainly could have been on there. Um, I also think someone like maybe uh, LJ originally had Mark Melanson on his list. Uh, you know, there's some other guys, Giovanni Gallegos, maybe Luke Jackson, even. Um, there's a lot Ryan of different- bringing his career around as well. Ryan Tapera, yeah, LJ, there's just so many guys that um, you can throw on the list uh, that it's just such a weird, volatile spot because their usage is changing every every season, sometimes, I mean, multiple times during the season. So it's just really weird to try to rank these guys, but I think we did a fairly good job uh, doing that. Um, yeah, on to number one. On to number one. It is Josh Hader of the Milwaukee Brewers. Both ranked him number one. And here's what I have to say about uh, Josh Hader. Is this the best start to a closer's career since Craig Kimbrell? Yes. Ah. Uh. No. Who's better? Class A. Class A and one. In terms of from from a pure number standpoint, is in terms of if if like the first like four or five seasons is what I'm saying. First four or five seasons. There's no there's no one else better. Also, if we're talking about stuff, which frankly I think that is more of the, the conversation topic surrounding the best reliever is than the numbers than what the actual execution is i don't think there has been maybe there is no one else other than chapman and kimbrell that i think touch the pitching ability of josh Hader. In, i agree in this, with that. in this stretch of your, their career i agree with that and what i'll also say about josh Hader is that the all-star games are no joke. Um, don't let the ERAs fool you. Sure, he does allow um, more home runs than usual. I mean, like the 15 home runs in 2019, I'm going to attribute to the juiced ball. But in 2021, didn't allow a home run to a left-handed batter until Freddie Freeman homered off him in the playoffs. But 108 or 102 strikeouts in 58 innings. I mean, first career, 482 strikeouts in 282 and a third innings. <laughs> I mean, just crazy. This guy's the best reliever in the league. I filled him out 
number one. I knew he was going to stay there um, for this list. I had no interest in putting anyone else there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's about all I have to say about Josh Hader. The dude's unbelievable, um, and I love watching him pitch. Very nasty. All right. Well, another good episode. I will have you guys know that the two sides are still talking. The MLB is expected to make another proposal within 30 minutes. It could beat the deadline, but with today's progress, um, they could keep talking tomorrow and just say, screw this deadline. But until then, it's 10.40 p.m. East Coast time, an hour and 20 minutes separate us from opening day being canceled or not. And thank you for listening to another episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.